Well, hello everybody and welcome to another Teal Tinted Glasses. Uh, right off the top here, I'm, if I'm a little low energy tonight, I'm a little under the weather, so I do apologize if I'm a little low energy, but I'm going to do my best. It's going to be a soldier on, the show must go on like we always do. Uh, tonight's just a two-man panel, it's me and Mr. Hockey Jerk. Mr. Hockey Jerk, how you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm, I, other than under the weather, I'm uh, I'm good, like, you know. It's nice to be back. Yeah, it is well, nice to be back. Hello, everybody, and welcome Oops. to another Teal Tinted. I don't have muted in the other thing, so that probably came through. All right. Anyway, um, so as we, when I was sitting down to think about, because we had to do a show. It's been a while, obviously. Um, after we had the big week, where pretty much everything that happened, like Teal Town as a whole, kind of covered everything as it happened, and then a lot of stuff happened, and I was like, okay, what should be in this show like what are we going to talk about because so much has happened between even just that week of just craziness with the draft and free agency and everything else and now and i thought instead of trying to cover all of that because there's just too much like we'd be here for seven hours and we always joke that it's going to be a seven hour show and it's only like an hour and a half but but that show literally might be seven hours so what i thought we would do instead is to take a look at the Sharks, everything the Sharks did. Now, I know we did a show pretty much after everything happened. One thing after another happened, right? But I thought, why not do a show where we take a look at everything with some time to reflect on it, right? Because obviously some things we, we've said in the moment, but now we've had time to reflect and we kind of got a bigger picture, uh, a clearer picture of what this team is going to look like going into training camp, going into the season and everything else. So I thought... That should be tonight's show. And also, it's also nice because a lot of our, some of our other shows, we didn't have a ton of Sharks content. So this is going to be 100% Sharks before we wander off into the summer and probably start doing like the Know Your Enemy series and everything else where we start talking about a lot of other teams. But instead of, before you know your enemy, you've got to know yourself. So tonight, we are going to kind of give a, a recap and just some, you know, some thoughts, reflections on where this team is at, um, and obviously news has happened that we haven't covered yet. So we're going to hit that too. Um, so I don't know. Does that sound like a plan, Jerk? I love it. All right. Yeah, all right. Um, obviously there's some chat about Evander Kane and the thing, and we are going to talk about that. I promise we're just not leading the show off with it because I, I don't want to cry. <laughs> So I thought, well, about we should, we should start with before before bef- the last time we talked, a couple things happened before the draft, and that was the Yoakum Blickfield deal, one year, two way, seven hundred fifty k, and then the Balsers contract also came out, two year, uh, two two year one way contract, uh, one fifty five AAV, obviously three point one million total. Um, what did you think about the Blickfield signing? Because to me, this is a this is a do or die contract for Joachim Blickfield. Because I feel like he's he's a player that I like a lot, and I want to say that like right off the hop, Joachim Blickfield is a guy I really like, and I think that he has, you know, he unfortunately he when he did come up, you know, he gets suspended, and obviously that kind of hurts his look that he gets in the NHL. But he's a guy that I still like. But he's also a guy who has to do something to stick on this team at some point yeah i agree with that i mean and i i'm with you as well i i quite like Joachim blickfeld as a player but as you've said this is a situation where somebody needs to you know whether it's him or whether it's somebody else but specifically with him like 
you got to get something going, you know. And and he's only played eight NHL games, scored a goal. You mentioned the suspension as well, but uh, obviously a very good player in the WHL. He's come to the AHL and has been a very good player there as well. So you're starting to sort of get to that territory of like, okay, you you don't have uh, much less or a whole lot of runway uh, left to work with here. You know, you gotta. You have to show that what you've done so far can transfer to the pros, and he's not done that, unfortunately, but I still kind of give him the benefit of the doubt just because he has only played eight games, and I feel like he was one of those guys where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is one of our young guys, and we're going to give him more ice time and blah, 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 this, that, and the other, but then, you know, we saw a fourth line with Patrick Marlowe and Marcus Sorensen and Curtis Gabriel, so kind of hard to do anything um he is a player i'm optimistic about but i do agree with you it's he, he's got to get it going here pretty soon i think i mean you know it's league minimum so mm-hmm. i i honestly haven't given the contract much thought just because you the way the position the sharks are in you have to look at all these deals and say okay is this going to hurt them right and this one obviously will not so no, it's a two-way deal it's Exactly. And, and, you know, he's, um, he obviously, uh, he is still exempt from, from waivers. So if it doesn't work out again, you can send him to the AHL and, and, and think about it some more. But I agree with you. It's, it's, it's time to, you know, get it going here. Yeah. Um, Rudolph Balsers, I, I like the deal. I think, um, Yeah, I I don't really have any issue with the money. I think he's a guy who is going to get every opportunity with this team to succeed. Yeah, I agree with that. I and I'll be honest with you, I've got him, uh, I've got him penciled in on my uh, on my armchair lineup, if you will. Uh, I've got him penciled in with with Nick Bedino and Jonathan Dolan. Um, you know and. Yes, that's that's the third line on paper, maybe, but I think those guys will all they'll all get you know that's the one thing I I give credit to um, all the coaches the Sharks have had over the years is you know unless your name is Tim Heed you know there's a way to find ice time for you and they'll find a way you know they get second power play penalty kill all that if the Sharks actually put out a decent third line maybe they'll get even more ice time just on the basis of them being better. Um, I quite like it. You know, I, I, I still think this is a player, you know, obviously very unproven at the NHL level, only 34 points in 92 games. But same thing. I mean, we we saw what he did in Norway and the WHL, AHL. Same thing as Blickfeld. He's been consistent everywhere he's gone. And now it's time to take that next step uh, to be a consistent NHL player. And I th- Balsers is a guy I'm I'm very high on. And so I'm interested to see what it's like you know a full year and we got to remember too like he he wasn't here for training camp at all you know he was Mm -hmm. the waiver claim had to go through all the immigration stuff everything like that and so he's finally going to get at least with the sharks like a full you know full training camp full chance to sort of be at the same pace as everybody else and you know for for a guy whose season started late i thought he did our i thought he did pretty good yeah and i that's that's a great point about starting late because with all the stuff that happened no training camp and then the immigration issues like yeah it's i mean obviously he did have an yeah he had a training camp in ottawa before they decided to waive him but um but yeah i mean to get him the way he came in and i mean look he didn't like i'm not gonna say like he 
you know, lit the world on fire, but I thought he was, he was more than serviceable, um, you know, for the majority of the time. And I know that again, you know, some people may not be as, as high on him. I think there's some, there's something in his games that he, that he definitely needs to work on. Like, I don't think the finished product is completely there yet, but he's another guy who I just think, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be counted on to contribute this season. And if he can at 1.55, like that 1.55 could look really, really good in a couple of years. Well, and that's, that's the thing is you're looking at that 1.55. And if he, if he can get to where I think we're all hoping he can, you know, maybe let's just say he's a, like a bare minimum, like a 15 goal, 15 was, assist yeah. guy, like, million and a half like is that's perfect dollars and and even if he can you know i don't know that he has 20 goal 20 assist potential but maybe he does and if he can hit that i mean that contract is even better and on the flip side of that as i said with Joachim blickfeld you have to look at this contract and say okay if this goes bad will it hurt us and right even if balsers ends up in the ahl after it's all said and done like yeah okay you're over the minor league threshold in this case, but it's not a contract that's going to kill you. No, that's true. That's a, that's a really, really, really good point. Um, I don't want to like go super because obviously would next would be the draft, right? I don't want to go super, super in depth here. Um, I mean, I can list off who we drafted for everyone to recap. Um, obviously, seventh overall pick, William Eklund, um, which I think most people, I'd say there's there's a few outliers, but the majority of people were really happy with that pick. I'm assuming you are in that camp. Oh, absolutely. I, re- I remember, um, I can't remember which show it was we've done in, you know, this third version of our show, but <laughs> there, there was one one show we did where, you know, to wrap it up, we all three of us were like, yeah, Eklund's our guy, but he's not going to fall to seven. Yeah. Unless, you know, you say a prayer and, and, and do the whole thing. And, I mean, hell, it happened somehow. Um, does, you know, I, I had a, I had a few people ask me uh, if this makes up for the Sharks passing on Barzell and Yamamoto. And I don't know if I'm there yet, but this is a really good start. I honestly, obviously, the... The Sharks picked quite a few players, quite a few good players by everything that's been written and said about them. But for me, I think, you know, like a, a, a talent like Eklund falling to seventh, a lot of people will say it's a slam dunk. It's a, you know, it's it's an open and shut decision. But how many times have we seen teams botch this, right? So oh, yeah. for, for the Sharks to, you know, it's one thing for Eklund to be there. It's another thing for the Sharks to pick Eklund. And I think the fact that they picked him is a win in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to go through some of the other picks, um, they drafted a goaltender, uh, Benjamin Gaudreau. I, I really like this pick. I'm curious to see him play this season, though, because um, the one thing about him was he had these these awful numbers. Uh, I want to say he's in Sarnia. Um, and he had, and, but then he went to, was it the U18 tournament? And then, you know, lit it up, right? So which player which player is he? Is he the, the, the terrible Sarnia goalie or the awesome U eighteen goalie? Curious to see which which he is. But I like I do like the pick. Like I like uh, a lot what I see about him. Um other picks, uh Gannon Larock, uh Ethan Cardwell, uh D plus one player, so what uh overage by one year. Uh Artem Guryev, Max McHugh. Liam Gilmartin, Theo Jakobsen, and Yevgeny Kashniko. Um, 
I, overall, I think I'm pretty happy with the draft class. It's hard, right? Because this draft was weird because a lot of guys didn't play. So the scouting reports were were hard to come by on some players. And so some, you know, there were some players that you kind of look at where they're drafted and then you look at the rankings and you kind of scratch your head a little bit. But I think that's, I think you could probably do that with a lot of teams. Um, but overall, I'm pretty happy with this draft class. Uh, you know, there's a couple of really interesting players in there, and there's, you know, and some maybe will will surprise us down the road. Yeah, I think, like you said, all things considered, like with the pandemic, you know, certain leagues not playing at all or playing, you know, very truncated schedules. Like, I, I can only imagine what it's like to scout these guys, like, not even in person, but just on video in general, you know, wherever, you know, whoever at the game with their iPhone is putting it on the internet. Like it, I just imagine they had a hell of a time. And so all things considered, I think the sharks scouting staff, I think they should be very happy with themselves just based on the guys picked up. I do agree with you. I think, and I agree specifically about Goudreau, where I think you're going to have some interesting kind of things to monitor, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, like, like you said with Goudreau, let's see, what kind of player this is, you know, is he the Sarnia player? Is he the U18 player? And I think going back to Eklund again, you know, it's already, it's already been confirmed that he is going back to his Swedish team. Mm -hmm. uh, which I think so, is fine, which is exactly where I think he should be. I, I agree. You know, he can go back to Deer Garden and, and do his thing over there. I mean, for, for an 18 year old in the Swedish hockey league, he had a good season last year. Mm -hmm. I really want to see, you know, now that he's been drafted, he's, you know, going to be 19 years old by the time that season starts. I really like, I really just want him to just blow it up over there. Yeah. And the other thing that the draft also confirmed is the Greyhounds are going to take a lot of my money this season. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it's nice to have a good product, uh, at the, at the junior level as well, you know? Yeah. Cause there's going to be a lot of like, there's a, quite a few teams that are going to, that I have to go watch now when they're coming into town to, to see what's what. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to actually just watching hockey games in person again. Um, should everything continue on the trend they are, which hopefully will be good, but, uh, yeah, you, and, you and you and me both, you know, that, that schedule came out. I see the sharks are going to be in Vegas three times this season and I'm just crossing my fingers that we can make it happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Kevin also in the chat. Hey, Kevin um, gave me props for my name pronunciation, which is always a victory when Kevin Lacey gives you props for that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, all right. So uh, moving on from the draft, because again, I, we again, there, there are shows on all of these things. If you want a bigger, deeper dive, like I think our draft show, our draft recap show, really good stuff there. If you haven't listened to it yet for some reason, go check it out. Um, we definitely, uh, you know, like I said, we talked a, a ton more in depth on a lot of these guys. So uh, be sure to check that out. Um, so after the draft, Sharks uh, started making some trades, just minor, minor trades, obviously. Um, but I like this trade. Um, the Sharks traded with the New Jersey Devils. They acquire um, center slash right wing Nick Merkley. Uh, and they send defenseman Christian Yaros the other way. Um, and then Merkley signed a one-year two-way contract for 750K. Um, Merkley, uh, not no relation to the other Merkley, by the way. Um, in 27 games last season with the Devils, two goals, eight assists, 10 points. Um, 
he played, you know, he, so he played most of his time. Uh, he did, he was loaned over to Finland for a while and then he came back and then, um, he also played some games in the AHL, three points in five games. Merkley is a guy that I, I like, like, I don't have any illusions that he's going to pan out to be this great NHLer at this point, right? Like at this point in his career, we kind of know what you got with him. He's, he, he's a depth guy, but he's always a player that I really, really liked. And I always noticed him when I was watching Kelowna, watching Chartier play, um, so it's an interesting it's an interesting move. It's a guy who I think can come up and and maybe you know challenge or fill in. Uh, heaven forbid injury happens, you know, fill in a bottom six role um, for the Sharks. It's I like the move. Um, I I never I don't really know much about Christian Yaros to be completely honest. I wish Kevin was here; he could probably tell us a little bit more about him. Um, but I I do like this move. Yeah, I agree, and I and I think Kevin. Uh, you know, the day it happened, I think Kevin broke it down very well where, uh, you know, Yarosh was a uh, a pending restricted free agent and by all accounts, the Sharks weren't going to bring him back. So why not flip him for a different asset that you could potentially use? And, you know, here they have Nick Merkley. And, and I do agree with you at this point, best case scenario, he's probably a fourth line NHLer. But mm-hmm. again, like we've talked about before, you need those guys. Yep. And... You know, he's obviously done very well in the AHL, done, you know, had a good season season uh, in the Finnish Elite League as well. Um, and, yeah, hell of a player in Kelowna. But it, it, it's he's an NHL body, which I think is important. Um, he's not going to razzle-dazzle you, like you said. But right. you you can rely on him to play fourth-line minutes. And I think mm-hmm. you need that um, because... Again, just look at the fourth line the Sharks rolled out last year. And, and I think he's another like and even if he spends the whole season on the Barracuda, like again, he's a kind he's the kind of guy you kind of want on the team like Nick Merkley's a guy that has been pretty much universally loved wherever he's played. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, he's got a, a lot of experience at the AHL level too. He knows like he knows how that league works, you know, and he knows what cuz it's I feel like there's always a um, you know, whether you're going from, you know, juniors or Europe to the AHL or vice versa, you're in the NHL and you get dropped down to the AHL, there's almost kind of like a culture shock for how different the league can be. And, you know, he's a guy that's very familiar with how the league works and has done well in that league. And I agree with you, universally liked as well. I think it's it's important to get some good, like good apples in the organization. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he sounds like a guy that is that. Yeah, and I think as like as we talk and as we get into other less nice topics, you know, there's obviously the thing that's come up a lot this off season in regards to the Sharks is culture, 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 and we'll get to that. But this kind of is a trend of guys that are you know again universally liked, good in the room. So I, you know, it's it's going to be a trend that we're going to see as we kind of go through some of these moves, and I think this is just the start of it. Um, so next, the uh, Sharks also made a trade with the Coyotes, another minor league deal. Uh, they sent they acquired center Lane Pedersen uh, for a 2024 fourth round pick, uh, and then Pedersen signed a two year, two way, uh, 750k contract. Again, you know, league minimum two way deal. Uh, hard to get offended about that. Um, another guy who I think I don't know a ton about. Um, I don't know a ton about this. 
this guy, but um, in he did play half the season uh, with the Coyotes and half the season with the Roadrunners when he wasn't on their taxi squad. So in 15 games played with the Coyotes, one goal, two assists, um, seven goals, 10 assists in 16 games with the uh, Roadrunners. So again, another depth guy who might be able to challenge for, uh, you know, a, a bottom a bottom six spot which i think there's there's going to be a healthy competition for some of those spots in camp um this year and again if it doesn't work out again another guy who i think will fit in in the barracuda pretty well yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i thought i you know when the trade came down just giving up I saw giving, you know, giving up a fourth round pick for a player I wasn't too familiar with. I, I, I did, <laughs> I was a little suspect of it when I saw it come through. I'll be totally honest. But as you do more research, you read about the player. I mean, kind of the same thing as Merkley. Like, mm-hmm. you know, very good in the WHL, very good in the AHL. The difference here is, you know, Pedersen has yet to show, um, like what he can do at the NHL level. He's had a very small sample size, obviously, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. only 15 games this year. And, you know, He's not even, based on that, he doesn't even qualify as an NHL rookie because you have to hit 25 games. Mm-hmm. So it's he's really doesn't have a lot of work to show at the NHL level. But I think it's it's a good ad. Like you said, it's another guy who can help the Barracuda, um, obviously with his skill, but then also with who he is as a person. And, you know, if you, if you are going to hold this open competition in the bottom six, you might as well give guys who can actually earn the opportunity uh, a chance at it because as i said before you know we've seen with these last two years oh it's going to be an open competition in the bottom six and then nobody really you know to to borrow a phrase nobody really grabs that brass ring you know yeah uh and kevin in the chat um who's not on the show tonight unfortunately but he is in the chat um and he says that uh Petter- peterson sorry peterson plays all three positions uh plays all roles he's not great at anything but not particularly bad at anything either and vince g saying that clearly the barracuda are picking up all the players that used to terrorize the CUDA. So there's that. <laughs> if that was the case, the Sharks need to trade for Andrew Manjapane, am I right? <laughs> yeah, and Michael Bunting. Um, <laughs> next on the docket, Martin Jones gets bought out. So, um, Thank God. Yeah, no doubt. Like, <laughs> I, it, it, it was looking really critical when we got to the last full day, and, you know, there was a lot of doom and gloom, and then you know, I forget. I think it was cap friendly, you know, came out of nowhere and basically was like, there's still time. It's still time. Don't worry. It's good. (laughs) It'll be okay. You can pan. Like I was really worried. Like, cause you're right. It got down to the, the final thing and the, you know, and the shark said, well, they're trying to, you know, they tried to find, you know, a a trade or something. Um, and they just couldn't find a deal for them. And I, I take that at face value. Um, I think it's pretty typical for them. I don't think they wanted to buy them out. I think that, at the end of the day, the, the, the salary retention plus sweeteners probably was worse than the buyout. Um, right. And, you know, this was something that was really concerning to me because I thought, okay, you know, when the Aiden Hill trade happened, you know, I, if you go back to that show, sorry, the one thing I said was that if this is just Aiden Hill to pair with Martin Jones, then this is a disaster. And thankfully it wasn't that. Yeah, I, I I felt the same way when I, you know, I, I was out, um, you know, when I saw the news come through. So I see, I see Aiden Hill is acquired, and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, hell yeah, man, Hill and Kojanash, like, 
we're throwing Jones overboard. And then I saw Kojanash was in the deal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, they've done it to us again. Um, but you know what? Uh, what I think was the right decision prevailed. Um, and, 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 and we, we've said this so many times, but in, as right. far as buyouts go, like this one is pretty tame, all things considered. When you and, look at some of the other things that happened this summer. Yeah. Right. Like, know. and also worth noting this year that, um, Jones. So I, somebody on Twitter, I feel bad. I don't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter, you know, they kind of crunched the numbers and they said, okay, look, Jones and a, you know, 800 K to million dollar backup is, is, is going to cost the same as the Jones buyout plus Reimer plus Hill. Mm-hmm. And so you're pretty much paying the same price either way, but with Reimer and Hill, you're getting a better goaltending tandem. Right. Like, to me, I feel like if there was anybody who was a bit suspect of buying out Martin Jones, I would hope that that information kind of calms that down a little bit and, and, and shows that it was the right decision. And, you know, I, I, I've seen people who say, well, the Sharks are predicted or projected to be bad for the next couple of years, so who cares if they have a bad goalie? But as we've talked about, and as Kevin is, man, Kevin has had things to say about this particular topic. But like, you could say what you want about the Sharks, but the way they're built, they have to try to yeah. be a contender. You know, whether you whether or not you think they are a contender, they have to try to be. Yeah. And you don't try you don't try to be a good team by having a bad goalie. Right, and that's the thing that like, and that's the the part that really stuck with me. Right, like if you came out and said, "Look, it, we're just we're we're bombing this thing, and we're gonna." you know, we're going to strip it down to the bolts, whatever, then fine, keep Martin Jones. But that wasn't the messaging from the front office, right? And for for Doug Wilson, a guy who says a lot of words but doesn't say anything, actually said a lot of words that actually meant something this offseason, which is weird. Um, so, I mean, to me, I, I know Martin Jones was my favorite punching bag, but, like, it, it had to be done, right? And I know I... Know I I understand the argument of now you've turned a three-year problem into a six-year problem, but again, those last three years, one point six million, I'm not, I'm not sweating that. And that's also like when everybody's sort of in agreement that the cap is going to start going up again by that point, right? And even if it doesn't, it's one point six million. I'm over it. Like when you again look at some of the other buyouts that happened, like teams would be begging to be. 1.6 million in dead cap. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously the Sharks hit free agency. They grab James Reimer, uh, two-year deal, uh, 2.25 uh, million AAV. Uh, just go over his numbers quick. Last season, uh, Reimer obviously 33 years old, played 22 games last season with the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, a much better team. Uh, 2.66 GAA, 0.906 save percentage, 15 five and two, and the stats that you know, matter win losses and overtime losses. Uh, James Reimer um, comes in to be the other half of our goalie pontoon. Cause I don't believe that there's a clear starter here in this. I think that's the one thing that, that stood out to me right away. Um, thoughts on James Reimer coming back. I like it. You know, I, I, I liked, um, I liked Reimer when he was here uh, back in 2016. Um, 
There, there were a few people who said we should keep Reimer and get rid of Jones, and while I was not one of those people, I, I don't know that that was the worst idea ever. <laughs> I um, was not one of those people at the time, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in hindsight, I'd, I'd love to say I was that guy, but I wasn't. Right, and and I think, I just think it's a really good deal, like for what James Reimer is, like I don't know that he's a 60-start guy, but even if you have to have him be a 60-start guy, like... That's a really good, really good contract for a sixty-start guy. And even if he is that platoon goalie, as you're talking about, where he's only going to get, you know, maybe half the starts, that's still really good value as well. Um, and like we said before, with the goaltending tandem, you know, the Sharks by having Reimer and Hill versus Jones, they're actually saving money and mm-hmm. yet upgraded the tandem. So I, I, I like it, you know. And I think Reimer, as as short of a time as he was here, you know, I think he was very vocal about how much. He enjoyed his time here. Obviously, he has a really good relationship with Bob, um, mm-hmm. which I think is important. And I'm excited. You know, I, I, I'm excited to see what he does, um, you know, on this team. He's going to have a chance to be a starter again. Um, obviously, signed in Florida. That didn't go well and, and ended up in Carolina and put up good numbers, but, you know, was never the guy. You know, Mrazek mm-hmm. um, was there. Nadelkovic was there. McElhaney was there so like he's gonna get another chance to be the guy I think it's a really good signing and I think considering and like you've talked about it and I think this is where I think the Sharks really won this offseason obviously you don't get a Stanley Cup for winning the offseason but Mm -hmm. like you look at these guys that were signing obviously we'll get into Cogliano and Benino but like them and Reimer as well like when you consider the alternative all of these are really good signings like Mm -hmm. You know, I I just I mean, the the alternative is obviously keeping Martin Jones, right? But mm-hmm. you know, just looking at like you look at some of the other goalies who signed, and it was just like I don't know that I would rather have any of them. Like Frederick Anderson is too much. You know, John I like Jonathan Bernier, but yeah, I'm not paying him uh, what he, I believe New Jersey is paying him. You know, there were just there were alternatives that I personally didn't think were as good as Reimer, and yet somehow got paid more. So. Yeah, I think, like, I, I really, like, for one, I really do like James Reimer. Um, I think James Reimer is a good goalie, um, and most importantly, always has really awesome masks, which I think is, you know, you need Hell you yeah. need goalies Hell with good yeah. masks. And, like, um, I feel like the Sharks lost that when Arundel left, because Arundel always, his mask game was always on point. His, his game wasn't always on point, but his mask game always <laughs> on point. Um, my only concern here is, do we have two 1B goalies? That's my only concern going into the season. Because I think Reimer has always been a good 1B guy, right? And I think Hill's a 1B guy. So my only real concern is we have two 1B goalies now. And if they do a 50-50 split, then maybe that's not the worst. But when does that ever happen in the NHL? Right. I I, I think we're going to see this season where... You know, at least what I think we should see this season is like if you win, you still play. Yeah. If you lose, we're going to the other guy. Win and you're in. And, I like it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what you should do. What it should be done. I mean, with where the Sharks are at, yeah, win and you're in. As long as you keep winning, you're not going to lose the net. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do share your sentiment. Maybe it is a little um, concerning that the Sharks do appear to have two 1B goalies, but. I'm not convinced that the full book is written on Aiden Hill yet. I mean, no, no, no. For look at Aiden Hill, there's a lot 
there's there's a lot of potential there, and it's all there is with Aiden Hill's potential, right? Like I feel like with James Reimer, we know what we're getting. Aiden Hill's the wild card in this situation. Exactly, and I <laughs> and the thing with Aiden Hill, he's only 25, which is young for a goaltender. Make right, no mistake about that. But also too, and and if you want to think about this um, as like a I don't know maybe a pessimist's point of view. Even if Aiden Hill tops out at where he's at right now, like he's still a good goalie. Mm-hmm. Like the worst case scenario, in my opinion, is really not that bad. Yeah, no, and that's fair. I, and like that's absolutely fair. And Kevin in the chat saying, you know, two one two one B goalies got the Sharks to the conference finals in twenty eleven. He's not wrong. <laughs> um, it, it's it's fine. Like I'm not. I, I just I think if there's like that's my concern, right? Like I think it's fine. I still think when you look at the whole the whole picture with goaltending, and then we'll move on to everything else. Like Aiden Hill, you signed him to the two year two point one seven five AAV. Maybe that's a little high, but I still think with what Nedeljkovic got, I think that a good agent could probably have hurt the Sharks in arbitration had Aiden Hill's contract gone arbitration. I think that now I obviously look at the numbers aren't the same but because of the small body of work in both players you could probably i think a good agent could make a really good argument to get aiden hill a little bit more money than the sharks ended up giving him which i think is is fine like i'm fine with the number that aiden hill got and again you look at that money again and and you know the 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 important thing here is james reimer two years aiden hill two years so if this doesn't work then in two years you Press the reset button, and that's fine. And also, flip side, if it does work, you know, by the time you have to pay Aiden Hill again, Reimer's coming off the book, so you got mm-hmm. some money. You got some money that you could move elsewhere. I'm, I agree with you. I I think if it had gone to arbitration with a good agent, Aiden Hill probably could have. <laughs> he probably could have gotten close to uh close to the Nadelkovich deal, that's which what I, believe, I was thinking because yeah which I believe was three million dollars which is not that big of an increase based on what Hill got but it's a it's a slippery slope right to that point and I'm like I said and like you said I'm I'm totally happy with it and I just I don't have any complaints like I feel like with with the these the three main guys that the Sharks signed, right? Mm-hmm. It was, you know, Doug Wilson has said pretty much from when the season ended, you know, we need to address the goaltending. Well, he did that. Mm-hmm. We need to address our third-line center. He did that. We need to address our depth at the bottom six. He did that, too. Like, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And and if you ask me, like, I, I are the Sharks a Stanley Cup t- contender? Who am I to say? But in terms of what I saw were the glaring holes on this team, maybe they haven't been filled, but they've been patched. And I think that's important to note. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing, right? So I think overall, like, I look at goaltending. I mean, it's not Martin Jones. So right there, (laughs) that's just a win for me. Um, Yeah. So let's get into these other two two contracts, and then we'll kind of just big picture uh, before we get on to some other things. Obviously, Andrew Cogliano gets brought in one year, one million. Good deal, right? Um, obviously, Andrew yeah. Cogliano. I mean, he's he's getting up there. He's like thirty four now. Obviously, you know, he's not he's not here to he's not going to put up points like a ton of points, but he's going to be you know he's a good guy again, good in the room, fix the culture, mm-hmm. and he's a guy you know he's defensively responsible, which obviously the Sharks need to be better defensively. 
Now, it would help if their defensemen played better defense, but <laughs> overall, they need to be better defensively. And I think Andrew Cogliano is a guy that helps address that. Right. And and it's like I said before, like you look at the contract, like that's a very, for what Andrew Cogliano is at this point, that's a very nice contract. I mean, $1 million and, you know, he's going to, you know, maybe he'll play, I don't know, maybe he'll play nine and a half minutes a night, but you know what? He's going to go out there. He'll hit, he'll block shots. He's going to kill penalties and he's going to do all the things defensively that the Sharks need somebody to do. And it's like I said, you know, you'll, you'll have people say, oh, well, you know, this guy only tops out as a fourth liner. It's like, well, you need those players. So. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really important with this, with, specifically with Cogliano and with uh, Nick Bonino as well, is the Sharks will once again. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, we all miss Melka Carlson, but the Sharks will once again have designated penalty killers mm-hmm. because you'll notice, especially last year and the year before. Okay, so you know, five v five, it's the Couture line. Go out there, Hurdle line. Go out there, power play. Everybody's out there. And then you get to the penalty kill, and it's like Couture and Meyer, Hurdle and Kane are killing penalties. And it's like, you're running these guys at 5v5 and at power play. Like, mm-hmm. you need to give them a break somewhere. Yeah. And so now that the Sharks have designated penalty killers once again, I think it's as big as it is to make the penalty kill better, make the defense better, the bottom six better, I think it's also important that they're going to take some of the load off of frankly the top offensive talents who for some reason have to kill penalties or have had to kill penalties recently and so i think i just think it's it's a win on on both those perspectives you know it's kind of uh like obviously we like the player and think it's a good fit but also what he'll do for the other players as well and as you said you know and as we've said pretty much all night good guy in the room you know he's friends with nick benino so there's Mm -hmm. not the there's not that new kid at school kind of vibe, you know, they'll both have, they know. Yeah. And I think especially like when, and Kevin bring up in the chat too, like, and kind of like what you said, like, uh, oh, Nick Benino, obviously 33, uh, last year with the Minnesota wild 55 games, 10 goals, 16 assists, 26 penalty minutes. Uh, another guy who's going to come in, I think solidifies that, you know, the one, two, three center, you got Couture hurdle or hurdle Couture, whichever way you want to go with that. And then you have Nick Benino. Um, and, you know, and like what what Kevin's saying is like, again, with what you said, too, like, obviously, like Couture by the end of the season was so run down and I don't think he was healthy. No way. No way. Right. But I mean, but again, he was a guy who had to play in a bajillion situations well past his, you know, his threshold for good hockey. Um, and this addresses that. And, you know, it's it's funny because I don't want to. I, I I know this is gonna like turn into a thing where Ian, Ian said Ian said this, but like this kind of reminds me of like the summer of twenty the summer of twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, or where they went out and they got guys. You know, they got Joel Hort, they got Paul Martin, but this time around, they didn't overpay. Like. When we looked at those, when you looked at that Paul Martin deal, it was it was a good deal, but it was two years too long. The Joel Ward deal was, I think, one year too long. You didn't have that. This now, I'm not saying that in the spring of 2022, the Sharks are going to be playing in the Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, as far as if you look at how the Sharks have addressed their problems in various off seasons, I think this gives me a lot of 
summer 2015 vibes, man, where I, they went out and they had things that they definitely needed to address and they addressed them. I, I agree. And I, you know, it seems, it seems like everybody has kind of agreed um, or at least decided on their own, right? That the sharks are going to be bad this year. Oh, you know, sharks are going to be eighth in the Pacific and, you know, let's get that top draft pick once again. But it's like, and and by no means am I saying are the Sharks making the playoffs. I'm not saying that at all. But, like, if you said to me, you know, is there a less than 100% chance the Sharks miss the playoffs? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they will make the playoffs by any stretch, but they certainly could. And they- I think to... To automatically assume that they're going to be a bottom feeder team next year, I, I truthfully, I think is lazy. You know, I, I think it requires zero thought to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, not saying they're making the playoffs. I'm just saying. But the Pacific? I mean. Like, I'm not. Like, again, I'm I, right. Exactly. I am not saying like I am not. No one come back to this podcast and say Ian said they'd be a playoff team because that's not what I'm saying. But in the Pacific, they could be if things if things fall the right way. I'm not saying they're going to do anything when they get there. They're going to get crushed by Vegas probably, and we'll call it a day. But they could be. <laughs> yeah. Right. And 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 that's the thing. You're not going to hear from either of us that the Sharks are now a a Stanley Cup contender, but. You know the there's certainly a possibility that they can make the playoffs. Yeah, and 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 I see somebody, you know, somebody in the chat saying, if you're not contending for the cup, then you should tank. Well, they can't. Well, they first can. Of all, ta- well, tanking is illegal. Number one. Uh, number two, they don't. The roster is not constructed to allow for that to happen. But also, right. number three, no, for number three, if every team that wasn't a cup contender tanked. The Stanley Cup playoffs would have like seven teams. Yeah. Like, say what you want about, you know, Montreal this year or, uh, you know, the Florida Panthers or, you know, the Minnesota Wild. Like, you need 16 teams to have a playoff. Mm hmm. So. And they all don't have to be good. Yeah. You just have to be good enough. Yeah, I, and like Vince said, if the Sharks do good, it's good, which is true. I, I have said this many times. Uh, if not, Shane Wright's sweepstakes, like, it's a win-win. I, I agree. Like, the thing that I think from, like, obviously, I agree. You know, like, obviously, I want my team to be in a position to win the Stanley Cup. That is what I want as a fan. That's what everyone should want as a fan. But I also want to watch a decent team play. And there was times this season where the Sharks were not a fun team to watch at all. And they were in, they were many times an infuriating team to watch. And I like these moves because, again, does this mean that they're going to, you know, go to the playoffs? Who knows? I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're a playoff team. But I look at these players that they brought in, they addressed some holes. This team should at least be fun to watch. And that's, I mean, <laughs> there's, it's going to be a full season this year. I, I want. I don't want to watch for now. <laughs> for now, I don't want to watch eighty-two games of you know the worst possible. Like I don't. I couldn't imagine being a Buffalo Sabres fan at this point. 
Yeah, no kidding. Or, or like, or what the Red Wings fans have had to go through the last couple of seasons. Like, I don't want that, <laughs> right? Like, as much as it would be better for draft picks and blah 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 blah. But I still don't want to watch that. Like, I want to watch when, you know, I want to watch when everything kind of comes together for sure. But, oof, it's tough. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. It's it's. Super tough. So and, and and you know what? Real quick to put a bow on that subject as well. Like, and and we've 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 mentioned this as well. But a lot of the last summer and last fall, because you know the NHL schedule was <laughs> right. all messed up. Um, you know there were a lot of folks who were saying, "Oh, this Sharks team is going to be bad," and who, like, who cares? We all know they're going to be bad. And then when the Sharks are bad, those same people were upset. Mm-hmm. So like I, and you see a lot of people say, Oh, the sharks need to rebuild. They need to tank. They need to do this. They need to do that. I personally don't think this fan base can handle a Detroit or Buffalo level of suck. You know what? Here's the thing though, but it goes back. Cause I think that's important. But at the same time, like you, there's, there's contracts that the sharks that have that are going to be very difficult to move. If, if they want to move them, which I'm not hundred percent sold. They even want to move them. I think there's some contracts they definitely want to move, but nothing they did this summer is going to is going to affect. Like if they suck for the next two years, big deal. Then all those guys are gone, and you reload with either players that come up through the prospect system. That I think there's some players again that I'm really excited about, and then they come in and they take those spots. Or you know, you're still you're still what have multiple years left on the Vlasic contracts the Burns contracts, the Carlson contracts, the Couture contracts, like all those contracts aren't going anywhere. So nothing they did this summer offends me to the point where like they can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like maybe they're not a better team. Maybe they finish about the same place they finished this year. Nothing they did this summer is going to harm that. Right. And I don't, I think what people also don't realize is that if, as you said, those those players that you rattled off, like those are those contracts are not movable contracts. May, maybe Couture, if he can, like, not be injured again this year, like maybe Couture. But as you mentioned, those contracts are pretty pretty locked in, right? And you know, you I and again, you've seen people say, "Oh, the Sharks need to rebuild," but I don't think what these folks realize is that to do that. You're trading Timo Meyer. You're trading Tomas Hurdle. You think 27 year old Tomas Hurdle wants to suck for five years? No, he no, wants to play his I'm prime even... on a good team. Like and that's the and that's the hard part is if like this uh, this year is be really interesting to see what they do with Tomas Hurdle because I think that's yeah. going to give you a big window as to what the overall plan is. And that's the thing, dude. Is like. <sighs> If Tomash Hurdle goes to Doug Wilson and says, I want the Couture contract, nobody can argue with that. No. He's been, he had really bad case of COVID last season mm-hmm. and was still one of the best players. Mm-hmm. Like, he's legitimately a good player. And I'm all for keeping him. I like, he's probably one of my favorite players on the Sharks, but. If if the the goal for these these folks is tear it down rebuild, that's the go. player you're trading. Mm-hmm. That's the player you're trading. You know, 
because that's the player that's going to get you a first round pick and an A prospect. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and it would it would break my heart to see Hurdle go. But if it goes, he go. I mean, that's it's business, right? Like if he if he goes, like, but I. I look at some of the players on this team and Tomas Hurdle is not the guy that I'd like to see subtracted from it. That's the other thing. That's the downside to that, right? Is mm-hmm. like he's the most logical player to go in a rebuild situation, but he's also not a player like he's not a player you want to get rid of either. Like he's 27, like he's perfect to be the leader of an up and coming team. Mm-hmm. But by that definition of the people who say rebuild, like obviously the Sharks are not up and coming and and that, I, I really want to stress that again because you have people saying, oh, you know, we need to let our young players like Hurdle take charge. And it's like, Hurdle's 27. Like, he's, I, yeah, he's not the young guy anymore. No, he has not been like, he's not been the young guy for a long time. You know? And I, I like I said, I hate to even say it. You know, he's, I think he's a player that you, like I said, if the Sharks, like next season, there's a 90 to 100% chance they're making the playoffs. Hurdle's your guy. Play him everywhere. But if you're like, if the plan is rebuild or if you suck again, mm-hmm. you gotta offload him. You can't afford to lose him for nothing. That's, and, that's, and that's it, right? And that's, and that's the concern because you always, because you never want to be the guy that says, oh no, Hurdle's not going to go anywhere. Hurdle's not going to go anywhere. And then he goes. Like, because that's happened. We've seen that happen to teams before, right? Where they're like, no, no, we're going to, we'll, we'll take care of things in the offseason and then they're gone and you're like, Oops. Right. And I don't think they can like it sucks. I love Hurdle. Like Hurdle is one of my favorite players in the league. Forget this team. In the league. Yeah. Yeah. But man, yeah. Like it's oh, those are those that is something that I am not looking forward to discussing ad nauseum as the season progresses is what happens to Tomas Hurdle. I'll tell you man, I'll tell you what though. Like Say the Sharks, you know, say they're bad again this year and they do commit to their rebuild. Like I said, you know, you trading hurdle would certainly satisfy those who oh, for sure. think the, who think the Sharks need to accumulate draft picks and prospects. I mean, like I said, first round pick, a prospect, absolutely like minimum. You know what I mean? Yep. No, and exactly. And you do have to keep, obviously, you know, uh, Isaac in the chat saying, you know, you have to keep player you have to you know play you can't just have all rookies and i and i get that but uh, you know again like hurdle again and this is a player that i absolutely love like as a fan love to watch hurdle as a person who watches this sport and pretends they you know understand the business of it i get it like i understand why hurdle have to go but again you can't to you know but he's he's the guy who's going to get you the best return and it's not even close yeah Exactly, and I, I like I agree with you. It would, it would suck, but mm-hmm. that's the it's the nature of the beast. It and is. man, he like I don't know. There's just just the way that it's like you know the way that he like I feel like he's such a unique player. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like it's just it's it's. It's a one. He's a one of a kind player, and so I think that's what would make it really difficult to move on from him as well. But but like we watched this summer as nine million became the new seven million. <laughs> oh god, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Well, and also too, like think about it from Hurdle's perspective. Like he's twenty seven right now, and he's about to be an unrestricted free agent. Like, why would he want to sign eight years to be on a 
bad team for half of it. Wow. Okay, we got to give a shout out to Amy here. Yeah, uh, Amy with the big super chat donation, which obviously we always appreciate. Uh, Amy, thank you so much. Um, I don't think I think this is like the one show that generally doesn't get super chat donations, and I think it's fine. Um, but obviously, when people donate, I cannot thank you enough. It helps keep the lights on and do all the other things that we do. So, uh, super thank you. We 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 gotta pay we got we gotta pay to uh, we gotta pay to keep Kevin's bicycle in tip top shape. That's right. <laughs> um, so let's go. Um, so since we're on the topic of contracts, uh, Dom Lecision, uh on the Athletic came out with his ten best contracts and ten worst contracts, and obviously um, the Sharks uh, were repeat offenders on the uh, worst contract list. And I said this in our in our group chat um, earlier today, and I think like some of the deals, like obviously. They have, they just like some of the some of the ones that run as like top things like they've just had the benefit of aging well right like they were signed so long ago that they mm-hmm. were that obviously they're a bargain when you look at some of the deals that came out this summer like the you know and we'll I'm sure we'll talk about this as we get into you know the other teams in the Pacific um, namely like the Darnell Nurse contract for example right Ugh. um so can, let me interject really quick just okay. because it's it's a I've I've felt a certain way about that, and I want to see if somebody else agrees with me or not. So, Eric, like Eric Carlson and his contract, or Darnell Nurse in this contract, which would you rather have? <sighs> Can I just cut my foot off or something? Because <laughs> I think I would rather have Eric Carlson. I know he's more expensive, but in my opinion, he's a more dynamic player. Yeah. Like I mean, Darnell Nurse is Darnell. I love Nurse Darnell Nurse. Good. Me too. He's physical, but very good defensively, but that's it. Not at nine point whatever. Yeah. Right. Again, like nine million became the new seven million, and and I would e- I would even argue that if Darnell Darnell Nurse got seven million, I would argue that was too rich. Yeah. All right. So getting onto this list, um, Eric Carlson is the number two worst contract in the league. What say you? Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, we, we've gone over it so many times, mm-hmm. but you know what? He's he's making eleven and a half million dollars to score like a third line forward and be brutal defensively. Yeah, and I I'm I hate myself for saying this just because of how his first two years with the Sharks went in terms of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm still optimistic that Carlson can turn it around and Kevin is realizing what Darnell Nurse is being paid. Uh, I'm still, based on his first two seasons in Teal, I'm optimistic that Carlson can turn things around. And, you know, I know a lot. I mean, people have said a lot about his groin injury, but, like, he was never really 100% healed and he probably should have never played in as many games as he had while he wasn't 100% healed. So. Now that he is, I like to think maybe it's a different story. But at the same time, it's now been two years of not living up to the contract. Like, yeah, you know, patience for a lot of people is running thin. Quick shout out to Bill Lockhart. Thank you very much for the super chat. Um, no competition for the super chat. Any any donation is super appreciated. We, you know, Kevin Lacey's bike is going to be in awesome shape by the <laughs> end of it. So we yeah, thank I, you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Um, Here's the thing with Carlson, right? Because, again, now I am not as... I might be the most 
pro Carlson person left in our circle. I'm 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 not I'm not as pro as you, but I, I'm near I'm in the neighborhood. Okay, and like even but I look at that price tag though, man, it hurts, right? Like I yeah. like Eric Carlson. I think that he can do some just stupid things on the ice, but unfortunately, that happened too few and far between this season, mm-hmm. and. You know, like, I don't think Eric Carlson is the root of all the Sharks' problems. You know, like, again, like, just like Martin Jones wasn't the root of the problem, but he's a problem. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't gussy it up any more than that, right? Right. Like, as much as I like the player, it's 11-5, man. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, especially to, like, it would be one thing if 11, 11.5 was pretty commonplace and this was just, like, one instance where it didn't work out. I feel like that would be one thing. But, you know, him and Drew Doughty, like, they're the they're the trailblazers in terms mm-hmm. of eight-figure contracts for defensemen. And they, they've both been very brutal, you know? So... Both on, on awful teams, too. And I think that... Right. Yeah. That, that doesn't help that. anything, right? Like, right, I'm not, well, and that's not a defense. Like, I am not trying to defend the 11.5 million or Drew Doughty's 11 million, but both teams are ass, and that definitely doesn't help anything. And are they the problem in either case? No. LA's been in a rebuild for a few years now, and they've accepted and said as much. Um, again, Eric Carlson's not the problem on the Sharks, but he's a problem on the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you know, it... <laughs> So let me let me ask you this specifically with Eric Carlson. Okay, and I'm I'm not sure where I lie yet, but I'll ask you: Do you subscribe to the idea that if Eric if the forwards on the Sharks were better, Eric Carlson would look like a better player? Yes, yes. If players could finish, because obviously a player, uh, another player that I like a lot is Brent Burns, and Brent Burns's point totals were super down. And, um, I think that obviously forwards not finishing definitely impacts the point totals, right? Because Eric Carlson is a puck mover, not a, he's not, he's not the guy who's going to wire it into the net from the blue line, right? That was never Eric Carlson's game. He's the, he's the puck mover. He makes the play happen. If no one finishes. Exactly. And, and, and again, really quick, uh, shout out to Isaac. Thank you so much for the donation 999 i love it i love the uh love the symmetry with saying six is the magic number uh make your own jokes accordingly um love this love seeing the donations obviously and like ian said you know i think we'll be the first to tell you that this show is definitely uh for a niche audience and yeah. so to have to have this kind of support coming through it really means a lot to both of us you know so it's you know yeah, I spent half the day throwing up. So I mean, this has made my day. Yeah, and the, and that and honestly, like for like kind words, yes, is what do, is what does it for us. Monetary donations, like that's great. But you're I, in another stratosphere. The yeah, but awesome. I mean, the things that have been the things that have been said in the super chats, like super touching, super makes like I said, makes doing this. Not that it, I mean, I I would do this for nothing, and smile right. and do it the whole time. But like the the kind words, I mean, means super world to me just yeah the world to me right um okay so something else i and again this is not um 
like this does not tell the whole story, right? Mm-hmm. But there have been so many times where Carlson is in the neutral zone mm-hmm. and, you know, or he's along the um the offensive blue line and fires a pass to a pl- to a Sharks player, you know, whoever it is. And they can't catch the pass or they botch it or something happens and puck goes the other way and and a goal is scored and say, "Well, Carlson is out of position." And it's like, "Okay, by the clerical definition of position, yes, out of um, out of position, correct. But if the talent around him could doesn't have to match his level, but would could at least you know sniff up there a little bit, like you're not going to see as many bad moments as we have right now, and I think something that I do want to say here too, because I think before we get like too far is that like obviously his offensive like he he still needs to be better defensively like I, yes. none of this is an excuse for some of the defensive player lack thereof like I'm not trying to before anyone like you know says oh but what about the defensive you're right defensively he has to be better but I feel like offensively you know again like it's not again he is he is he the problem no is he a problem yes and I think that's the in the St. Louis series, uh, Al, Al saying in 2018 during the playoff run, he was explaining it was, yes, because he was playing on one leg. And the puck just kept going his side because they wouldn't pull him out for whatever reason. Like, there, there's things about Eric Carlson that can be absolutely infuriating, right? Like, where he comes in and then plays the All-Star game and then misses a bunch of time. And, like, there's things like that, like, just, yeah, infuriating stuff. I, I understand well, where people <laughs> come from. Especially because he was injured, played the All-Star game, and then, like, right. like he was on injured reserve playing Correct. the All-Star game. Right, like, that stuff, frustrating. Um, and again, I'm not, I, I don't want to get too far down this Eric Carlson rabbit hole, but I just think, like, there are things where I think that would help the team and help him. Forwards finishing, like, obviously forwards finishing would help everybody. Um, you know, high tide raises all boats and all that, but... You know, at eleven point five, it's it's hard to defend. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's you know, there, there, like you said, there's obviously like a lot of bad that comes with Eric Carlson's game in the last three years, but it's it's not all like, bad, right? You have to like there are certain situations where you have to kind of read between the lines a little bit, and it, like Eric Carlson is an easy scapegoat, and you know, I think you know if. If if Sharks fans want to say ten out of ten mistakes are his fault, I'm not going to tell you zero out of ten. But mm-hmm. I think it's maybe six out of ten, seven out of ten, five out of ten, maybe. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> I had another question. Okay. Uh, related related to what Dom Lucian was talking about, not about Eric Carlson anymore because okay, we <laughs> we don't need AJ <laughs> dominating the chat talking about Eric Carlson how bad he is. <laughs> we love you, AJ. Um. How do you feel about Couture being seventh? Let's get there in a second because I want to talk about six first. Okay, cool. Because number six is Mark Edward Vlasic, where everything's gone bad. Like the complete, like everything's bad. Like there's not a whole lot. Like Vlasic's another guy that I really like. Like there's a there was a time where I thought that Vlasic should have been the guy that got the C. Like Mm -hmm. that's how highly I once thought of Mark Edward Vlasic. And I'm not saying he's he's a bad guy, but 
wow has this game fallen off a cliff and it's really like like in Eric Carlson like you can kind of you say okay well the offense was there you know blah 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 this 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 maybe Mark Edward Vlasic you can't really do that because offense was never his game like he was always just the shutdown guy yeah and he was a guy like honestly when I looked at those contracts that when they were signed at the time I was like you know Marketer Vlasic, like that contract should age the best. I was less worried about Marketer Vlasic's contract than I was about Brent Burns when he signed his deal. Because yeah. Marketer Vlasic's a guy who obviously never, he was never a physical guy, right? And I thought that would work to his advantage. He's just, you know, he's a stick first defender, good first pass, but he can make, you know, he can, he can make the defense without, he doesn't, he's not a crushing body, right? He's a guy who's going to play your stick and he's used to he's very, at one point in he's time. Very calculated, very Correct. smart. And at one point in time, he would get the the stick, right? And then his game, like, completely fell off a cliff. And I can't explain it. I I, I can't either, especially because, you know... And, and how many times have you... Like, you see the slow decline, right? And it's kind of like, okay, we all knew this was coming, right? Mm-hmm. But with, with, with Mark Edward Vlasic, it was like... You know, as you said, he was shut down God for his whole career and like dude i just remember remember when he was making four just over four million dollars but he was like and we thought getting... man he got ripped off yeah yeah no doubt and you know that 18 like that 18 19 season where the sharks went to the western conference final like he definitely was not himself but you could you look at his play and you could make the argument eh, you know what maybe something's going on maybe he's hurt whatever everybody has a bad year but then not even bad just like down year but then that following year, you know, COVID season one, he was like, it was just brutal. You know, like yeah. he's he's just not skating the same way that he had once before. You're correct. He's not an overly physical guy, but somehow he seemed even less physical than before. And it's probably like everybody talks about Brent Burns. Everybody talks about Eric Carlson and Martin Jones. And it's like Mark Vlasic, Mark Edward Vlasic is like, that's probably like one of the sharpest declines we've ever seen at least for me mm-hmm. I, and you I know what love, i love that player too like i i would love to sit here and tell you that next year he's going to bounce back and he's going to be shut down god again but that's the problem really with classic like i look point. at at these deals like with with like a guy like eric carlson i can tell you a way out with brent burns i can tell you a way out with logan couture which we'll get to i can tell you a way out with classic i can't tell you a way out because I don't think there is a way out. And that's the worst part. That's, that's the part like I don't, because of the way he plays his game, I don't see how he gets back to where he was. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's the contract to me. Like if you look at all the contracts and like, that's, that's the contract that I circle on the board and say, this is, this is where the, you know, this is where the problem starts. Yeah. This is the anchor. Right. Like, oh, man, uh, two of Pickle's dog. Like, that's sad. Like, losing dogs is bad, but, like, ugh, I mean, that's that's super sad. I'll but... tell you this, though, and maybe this is, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just being delusional here. <laughs> but, like, everything that's happened, like, I would, I still love Vlasic as a player. Like, like, I think, you know, I, I can't, I don't think it can be unsaid, like, what he was before his decline, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, like he gave a lot of years to the Sharks, and 
I'll tell you what, as a person, like you follow him on Twitter, like every so often he's been known to have some spicy tweets out there. So good follow too. I, I, it's looked really bad and it looks like it's going to get worse, but you know, I still have all the time for Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah. I mean, to me, if it wasn't like, if you were saying, okay, let's add another, like if you were looking at another contract to buy out, that wasn't a Vander Kane. That's the one I would circle. Yeah, it just sucks because the Vlasic Vlasic contract is, is, you know, it's practically buyout proof. It is, yeah. Um, And then, okay, so obviously that brings us to number seven in Logan Couture. Um, Logan Couture, I I didn't like this, honestly. And and maybe I'm I'm just delusional here. Because I think, like, when you looked at the production, like, Logan Couture did not look like Logan Couture for half the season. He looked at it at the start of the season, but that second half was was rough, and he was nowhere near 100%. Now, injuries obviously do add up, and, and father time is undefeated, but I, I, don't, I don't think, like, that contract to me, like, I don't think that contract is, is terrible. I just don't think he was healthy. I agree. And you, you say father time is undefeated, and you're correct, but he's not there yet. Like, he's 32. Yeah. You know? And I I think it's also, I mean, hell, you look, like, obviously 31 points in 53 games. That's a down year for him. I, like, I don't think anybody 100%. would disagree with that. But considering how beat up he was, as you said, like, I and again, we, we're not in the game of speculation no. or, you know. And look, uh, like, and I say this as a guy who doesn't particularly like Logan Couture. Mm-hmm. Right, like I've not looking at her. Not my favorite shark. Yeah, but you know what? You, I, I don't know. I just I think considering considering how unhealthy he was, you know, I'm. I don't know. Again, this is just a theory based on something I've observed. I'm not pretending it's true at all. But it, to me, something seemed really weird with like his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that's me. But you know what? Let, let's not forget either, like, the first half of the season, he was he was leading the Western, you know, corporate-sponsored division in goals. Like, yep. he was he was the Sharks' best player the first half of the year. Yeah. You know, and then, he, and then he got banged up. Um, and I feel like, I feel like the only reason he even came back was because the Sharks somehow had a glimmer of hope of making the playoffs. Like, if the Sharks were out of it like to a Red Wings or Sabres level like I don't think Couture comes back last season and it, and you can you know you can just see that I mean he had 17 goals last year and you know uh, 13 of them were in the first half of the year like it doesn't take a genius to read those stats you know what I mean and <clears throat> so I agree with you I don't I don't think it's fair to say that Couture is one of the worst contracts in the league. Like he had one down year based on injury. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's an unfair criticism and and like I said earlier, I think I I think it's a lazy narrative. Yeah. Like oh yeah, the Sharks already have two guys on the worst contracts list. Why don't we see who else is on there? Yeah. You know. Like I I honest and and I like generally I like what Dom puts out. I don't want to make any, you know, mistakes there, but like I just think it's lazy. You know, yeah. I think a fully healthy Couture is going to come back and especially hopefully a fully healthy Couture gets Myers head back on straight and whether whether that duo is with LeBanc 
or whether with Balsers, I think that line is going to have a good year. Yeah, like I just, I, I don't know. I think when I look at that deal, like I, again, there are contracts on the Sharks that smell very bad. Logan Couture's isn't one of them. And, and, and Rizzo also pointing out as well, like, Despite playing half the season injured, mm-hmm. is he had a career high this year for average ice time. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I mean, that's just borderline unfair. You know, like usually you would try and find a way to shelter a guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I think like I I think I'm counting on Couture to have a bounce back here this year. Like I I think there's a few things that when we go into the season and you know we'll say book it. Book it. Logan Couture is going to have a bounce back here this year. I have no doubt. As long as he can stay healthy, which, again, like it's not like Logan Couture has had like super health issues, right? So, to me, I think, book it. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think if the, if the NHL plays 82 games next year, fingers crossed, 70 points, I don't think is a ridiculous ask. Yeah, no, I agree. And like we said before, and like, you know, 32, like you're, you're correct when you say that father time always wins, it, but it, father time, undefeated. but father, <laughs> yeah, but father time is not knocking on this door. No. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, to me, it's unfair and it's lazy to say a player has one of the worst contracts in the league when they've had one bad season and 11 good seasons yeah no like, I, it's just, I agree it's just like lazy. i understand like there's a, like there's a there's a there's obviously a model that dom's using and i and i respect that again i'm not this isn't me going after dom decision here like no, i like what dom I, does. I like dom i like dom. but i just think in this situation i just feel like there's probably worse i i think there's there's clearly worse contracts out there than logan couture's in my opinion a hundred percent, my friend. A hundred percent. But anyway. Um, <sighs> wow. Okay, so we got here and we have some time. So here it goes. Uh, the chat's been asking for it. They've super chatted us up. So I guess we have to do this. I don't really want to do this, but let's talk about Evander Kane. Um, uh... I know. It sucks, right? Here. So let me, let me just, I'm just going to quickly summarize the Evander Kane situation and then we will go into it. So Evander Kane, uh, obviously having some marital issues, <laughs> uh, to put it lightly, um, apparently in the process of heading to a divorce and Anita Kane, Anita Kane, Anna, Anna Kane, sorry. Thank you. Um, came out and said that Evander Kane, um, in a flurry of things that are obviously none of them are good. Look, I'm really sensitive to this stuff. I have lived through three divorces. Thankfully, none of them were my own, um, but I've lived through three of them. So I'm really sensitive to this stuff. Um, but I'm going to give you the, 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 no, I don't want to say the facts. This is what we've been told because I don't know the facts, all of them. Evander Kane, among other things, like not being a good father, apparently, um, allegedly, I guess I could say, you know, not being in a particularly great human being, allegedly, uh, also apparently has been accused of betting on shark games and throwing shark games. Now, I'm not going to go and say, oh, well, how did he throw games if 
you know, if he was the best player on the ice and all that. The problem here is that, and this is, and I, I think the one thing I want to be very clear about something too, is the other stuff's all terrible, right? And I am not going to defend the other stuff. If, if there's, it's awful, right? The things he's accused of, absolutely fucking atrocious. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. The thing, the the, I, I want to hit the main point here. The, the one thing that he's accused of, the one thing that the league cares about. Now, should the league care about all the other stuff? Yeah, probably. But the thing, the only thing the league cares about in this situation, the only thing the Sharks care about in this situation is, did he bet on NHL games? That's the only thing they care about. Now, you might not like that, and you might think that sucks, and it does suck to a point, right? The question is, obviously, the only thing the NHL cares about, the only thing the Sharks care about, I think the Sharks care about the other stuff too, but the the thing they care about the most is the question of, did he bet on Sharks games? And we'll get into the other stuff in a minute. Now, if they can prove that, then Evander Kane is probably done in the NHL. Right. If they can't prove it, you're stuck with them. Yeah, which, and that's the that's the thing, you know. Obviously, with with Kurz's, you know, article that came out today, like it's it's pretty clear that, you know, Kane's not liked uh, by the Sharks players, or at least some of them. And <clears throat> so, as you said, if he's not found guilty, um, you know. The Sharks can't terminate his contract. Buyout window is closed. I doubt anybody's going to trade for him without asking for a sweetener. Oh, what a hell of a sweetener. Yeah, the Sharks are... They're, they're going to have to keep this guy who has, by all accounts, and obviously nothing's confirmed, but by all accounts has torpedoed the dressing room. And... I, and I agree with Al. Every, everything is terrible. You know, obviously... Oh, 100%. The, and obviously, like, Ian is correct. Like, the league is just on, did Vander Kane break a league rule and break the law by gambling on his own games? But... Federal like, offense. Federal offense, 100%. But, like, all the stuff going on, like, is just... And I, you know, we like to not swear on this podcast, but, like, what the fuck? Like, and, and you know what? I'll be the first to tell you when the Sharks traded for Evander Kane, I was one of the people who talked about this as a redemption tour. Mm -hmm. You know, Kane is a different person. He's going to come here, you know, around all these veteran leaders, be all business, be serious. And it seemed like that was the case. And you know what? The gambling thing, like, yes, it's, it's a shitty thing to happen, but you know what? It's, you know, it's an addiction. It's an illness. For sure. And that's personal and he needs to solve it on his own time. And that's fine. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the fact that he, there's a history of him being shitty to women, mm -hmm. you know, believe, you know, allegedly or actually. And after going on what appeared to be a redemption tour, it appears as though, you know, we're, he's back at it again. I mean, and again, even if, let's just say for argument's sake, even if what Anna Kane is saying is not true, like, 
Evander Kane should feel like a shitty fucking dude for calling his the mother of his daughter mentally unstable on Twitter. Like, even if she's not telling the truth. Like, fuck you for saying that. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that, you know, this stuff comes out about him not being liked by some of the Sharks players. He posts a photo of him wearing uh, the Sharks pants. You know, the stuff comes out about him gallivanting off in Europe while his family is struggling. He posts a photo of him in a nice restaurant with a shushing emoji. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not up to me to decide whether or not he's innocent or guilty, but that level of taunting makes you look guilty and makes you look like you don't care. Who knows? Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, right? Because I, I really struggled before we came. I knew, like, look, I knew we were going to have to talk about this. I think in the notes, my, my the notes that I have for our show, like, we, that I do the thing, like, it reads, Evander Kane, fuck that guy. Because, honestly, that's how I feel right now. This is a guy who obviously came in and, you know, again, came in with a ton of bad reputation, right? And sometimes you look and you say, okay, how much of this is Evander Kane is a douche or how much of this is things like the color of his skin, right? And so I'm a guy who gave Evander Kane the benefit of the doubt probably for too long right and i don't care how many goals he scores at this point i don't care if he's the best player on the team at this point i just don't want him on my team i don't want him on the team that i cover because again after everything that has been how do you defend this guy at this point how in good faith and good conscience can you defend Evander Kane? And we're not even talking about like the hockey stuff. And we're going to get to the hockey stuff because that's where I kind of want to focus. Because again, this is a hockey podcast. This isn't, you know, the, the teal, the, the T, you know, the T and TTG doesn't stand for TMZ tinted glasses, right? Like all the, the home stuff's awful. And I'm not trying to say that that's not important. And ultimately, Ultimately, at the end of the day, I hope that everybody involved gets the help they need because it's fucking awful. It's terrible, awful shit, right? Like, I hope his wife gets taken care of. I hope his children get taken care of. Like, obviously, like, you know, these, again, awful shit. I'm going to try and keep it based on, you know, that stuff's all awful, but I'm, I don't want to focus on that, right? Because, again, allegedly, it doesn't really matter at this point. Like, again, I don't even... I just I don't want this player on my team anymore. Exactly. And even if... Again, as I said, like... All of the allegations, even if all of them are false... As you said, it's hard to defend him at this point based on the, the track record, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's one it's one thing to do shitty stuff... And then go on a redemption tour. Like you're allowed to redeem yourself. Absolutely. Oh, I 100 percent believe. I 100 percent believe that. To do shitty things, go on a redemption tour, and then do shitty things again. <sighs> like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know. Like I, I agree with you. Like, and you know what? I know. 
I, yeah, it, it, it looks to me like the Sharks' only option is to keep Kane. Mm-hmm. But that's a shitty option. And it sucks because, like... And like I said, I'm going to bring this back to hockey and some people may like that, and that's fine. And you're entitled to your opinion, and I'm a terrible person, whatever. But you look at everything, like everything the Sharks did this summer, and you look and you go, this is great. I mean, like, this is what we said, right? Like, most of the show was upbeat. This is great. This is awesome. Look at this. This is good. You know, they brought in this guy. This guy's going to do this, this, and this. And then, after all of that, you know, all that, all the good feelings, this happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it completely just, and again, look at, nobody pays me to be here, right? I, I do this because I like it. I, I do this because I enjoy it. And apparently you enjoy it too, because there's a bunch of people watching right now. 64. But like, my God, like, and, and this, this isn't going to go away magically because the puck drops and that's the worst part. And it's not even... And again, so let's get to the hockey aspect of this, right? Because I think we've we've given fair talk to the obvious issues and everything else. Like I think, you know, I feel like we've we've done as 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 good as we we can do in that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, games have to be played. Right? Right. And coming back to this team like it's it's such a distraction it's not even just a distraction right like last year when the you know when the when the when the 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 bankruptcy things came out like yeah we thought oh that 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 could be a distraction right and and it didn't turn out to be but like the rest of it combined with that combined with the fact that you look at the Kurz article today and it's not like you know and and like some things that have happened have been brought into greater context, right? Because at the end of the season, you know, Bugner said that some guys maybe didn't get held accountable as much as they should have. And, right. you know, and did, did, did I think that they were talking about Evander Kane at the time? No, no, I didn't. But it, it, you know, when you add this context, it's awful. Like the, he's not a, you know, allegedly not well liked in the room. It wasn't just the exit interviews where guys wanted to see him go, as reported by Frank Saravelli. You know, Kerr is saying today that guys went to Doug Wilson multiple times and were told, well, you know, sort it out. Well, and also the things that stand out for me is. And again, this like this is all based on Kerr's article, so we can only guess as to who said it or if it was even said, because obviously, you know, stories can get muddied up as they're told through multiple people. But the fact that some players went to Doug Wilson and said, get rid of him or get rid of me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to go there, but, you know, what if there's most more smoke to that Martin Jones buyout than he's a bad goalie? Oof. You know, I, and again, I'm not I'm not saying that's true. I'm not claiming it's true. You right. Know, this is just me spitballing. But also, For sure. the article says the article says that Timo Meyer is is Kane's last buddy on the team. And leading up to the draft last month, it was talked about many times over how the Sharks were shopping Timo Meyer, and apparently New Jersey was really interested. You know, makes you think. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think that if you are a guy, if you're a player who has a list of three teams that you can get traded to, and you, again, you know, apparently the Sharks have been shopping him, but if you also want to heat up that seat, we've seen teams do it before where, you know, it's not just that guy that gets moved. It's, you know, you move his boys too. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying, and I'm not saying the Sharks should trade Timo Meyer because he's friends with Evander Kane. That's, do not take that from what I'm saying here, but it makes a lot of sense if you're Doug Wilson and you're trying to make that seat warm. You want to make sure that the player goes if you find a trade for him, and you want to make sure the player goes. You know, trading his boys isn't a bad way to start. Um, Rob in the chat here uh, he says something really good, and I, I, I did want to. I I think I tried saying this, but I didn't really articulate it very well. So he's saying, can we see a Mike Richards type settlement coming to be rid of Kane? Now, here's the problem with the, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, if this is, you know, if Evander Kane is such a problem, why don't they just get rid of him? Why don't they just cut him? Right? NHL contracts are guaranteed. Now, the LA Kings with Mike Richards, and I'm going to see if I can remember this correctly and i might be wrong uh, so don't take this for a hundred percent gospel but the reason that mike richards has a huge penalty to the la kings was because they didn't have their ducks in a row they just said well he got charged so we're gonna cut him and then you know before before anything was proven right so mike richards allegations were never proven at that point in the court of law so they just cut him and then the PA came back and said, no, you can't do that because he hasn't been proven guilty of anything. Same thing applies to Evander Kane here. Now, it's really easy to say, yeah, just cut him. Just get rid of him. The problem is that, you know, this isn't football. You can't just cut a player whenever you want and just nuke his contract. And that's the thing is, and you articulated it very well, you know, there's, to my knowledge, there are only two situations where a player's contract can be terminated number one if it's mutual on the team and the player side and i'll ask you this do you think evander kane is going to say you know what keep the 28 million i don't think so yeah a guy in bankruptcy is going to walk away from that yeah from that money no not a chance and the other way is as you said if you're convicted of a crime and there's evidence and a and a decision and there's cause Mm -hmm. the la kings at that time they were looking to they were looking to get out of Mike Richards' contract. Absolutely. And they used, you know, I think he was arrested for trying to smuggle cocaine into Canada or something. Something, I can't remember exactly. But smuggling, was, smuggling, smuggling something illicit drugs. into Canada. Yes, yeah, smuggling illicit drugs into Canada, I believe. And the LA King said, oh, you know what? Uh, that's He's been charged with a crime. That's our window. Boom, terminate. And the NHL said, well, you can't terminate him without cause. And so that's why there's a, there's a, you know, the, the NHL allowed the termination to go through, but there came with it a penalty, um, as you pointed out, Ian. And, and thing is, Mike Richards' contract was terminated, uh, in September of 2015. The Kings still have a salary cap implication from Mike Richards until 2032. Mm-hmm. That's a 17 year cap penalty now you look at it and you say but it's less than a million and you're correct it's less than a million but if you're a cap team every penny counts yep as i said 1.6 isn't a big deal 
That's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> if, right, right. Like, like, what if I, what if I told you that the Sharks had a 900,000 cap penalty until 2038? Would you still feel that way? <laughs> right. No, obviously not. I mean, I, I don't know. And that's the problem, right? Like you look at all the other stuff, like again, every, there's nothing good here. Like, I wish that there's, you know, there's a rainbow at the end of this crap, but there really isn't like, there's no, it sucks. The whole thing just sucks. And I don't know how many ways I can say it. Right. I don't know. Like the sharks are, are unfortunately legally binding the sharks are stuck with the vanderkane regardless of how you feel about a vanderkane regardless of unless if now if they come back and they said that if they can prove that he was gambling on i think any like i think even if it's nhl NHL right if if he was gambling on any nhl games it doesn't even have to be his own like then then gary bettman has the ability to to terminate that contract and and you toss him out of the league and even if yes i it's also worth saying if if there are legal you know if there is a legal decision that makes him guilty then yes obviously then he could be terminated with no cap implications correct and i you know like you said gary bettman does have the authority to terminate that deal or void it should he be found guilty but i believe even if gary bettman doesn't decide that on his own i believe the Sharks could also say, you know what? You committed a crime. We're terminating it. Yeah, I, I again, the CBA is a huge legal document, so I don't want to say the, that I have the the ins and outs of it completely. But obviously, like, if there's, if the, if he, if he broke that, because obviously, like, that, and, and here's the thing, like, I, I think that something that's also, uh, that needs to be brought up here, like, the NHL is, counting on partnering up with various gambling sites and whatnot mm-hmm. to increase revenue to get out of this flat cap hell that they're in right the right. problem is is when you have things like this with like the evander kane allegations because again at this point they're allegations um and it's not even the the, the gambling doesn't even bother me it's the being the shitty human being that bothers me mm-hmm. right like that's the part that i'm fucking over but and it's also you you mentioned gambling it's it's also worth noting like there's a reason why the NHL has been late um okay hold on really quick so bill what i was saying just regards to the martin jones bite i'm just saying i'm spitballing theorizing like what if jones was bought out because he wanted to get away from kane i'm not saying it's true yeah I'm just complete saying, hypothetical. like kind of like like totally yeah pie in the sky head in the clouds kind of hypothetical conversation nothing is serious or truthful to that just spitballing yeah um but you know the reason why the nhl has been very late to the gambling game is because gary bettman is you know um is is not as down with it as maybe some other people are but the reason he is choosing to get involved is because as you said you know it's reading the terrain, seeing the sign of the times and seeing a way to make money. But I, you know, I've heard on podcasts, like in terms of his own personal beliefs, he doesn't think that gambling, gambling should be partnering with sports. Mm -hmm. And and I want to go back to what I was trying to make a point there. The, the thing is, is like these partnerships don't work. These like 
these partnerships will get broken. If there is any sign of impropriety, players throwing games, whatever, like they will, those partnerships would get damaged so quickly. Like mm-hmm. they would, those partnerships, like those guys, the, the sites and everything else, if there's impropriety, they will jump ship so fast to save their own skin. Um, Lisa Jones saying, do you think Kane could go to jail? Really? Gambling on a sport that you are playing is a federal offense. Like it is, it doesn't, I mean, I don't have a super understanding of the American legal system, but federal offense seems pretty scary to me. A little bit. But, and and then you know what? You go back to, um, you go back to 2006, like obviously like, um, you know, there was a pretty well-known gambling ring within the NHL circles back then as well. And obviously like, you know, Wayne Gretzky came okay out of it, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Rick Tockett oh, was also about that. Yeah. And and you know, Rick Tockett was implicated in that ring as well. And you know what? Like I don't know. There's a reason to me there's a reason why, you know, Rick Tockett kind of disappeared for a while. You know, because I think people were worried to get involved for yeah. that exact reason and that's why and now granted the gambling charges you know they all came you know 2007 2008 ish but like there's a reason you look at rick Tockett's coaching career there's a reason why he was fired from tampa in 2010 and didn't become a head coach again until 2017 and yes yes he was an assistant make no mistake about that but mm-hmm. you know yeah like it's again the, these partnerships are super important to the league but uh, if there's any sense of impropriety that puts them in jeopardy and the shark, look at the NHL needs any revenue streams they can latch onto right now to, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to see this cat move, they got to latch on to, to everything. So I hope I don't really, I mean, there, there's, there's obviously a lot here and I feel like we could be here all night with like the what ifs and whatnots. But like, I think at the end of the day, like obviously my, my, overall final take on this and then i don't really hope we have to discuss evander kane for a long fucking time my take on this is is simple the the stuff that he's accused of is awful um i'm a father and i couldn't imagine some of the things like doing some of the things that he's accused of to my children um but i understand that addiction and i also want to say this like addiction's a real thing and I understand that, you know, addicts do shitty things sometimes. I understand that from firsthand experience as well. But at the end of the day, to me, with everything, all of this together, the stuff at home, the stuff with the team, like, to me, at the end of the day, I just, I have no room left for Evander Kane on this team. I have no capacity left for the benefit of the doubt with everything like there's too much smoke here there's got to be fire somewhere i don't know where the fire exactly is but there is way too much smoke for there not to be some fire and with everything going on some fire is too much at this point with this player agreed right that's kind of my take at the end of the day i hope I, I'm sure that there will be people that will criticize what we do because they always do. And they'll criticize how we approach this. And I, I did this honestly the best that I could. 
right? I think we covered it as appropriately as possible. And if you disagree, look at, I don't block mute anyone on Twitter. Come, come talk to me. I'll talk. It's cool. I, I love, I love having conversations. If you think that there is a better way I could have approached this topic, I'm all ears, but I feel like we did the best we could with what was there with what, you know, with what we know, with everything that's going on, I feel like we covered it pretty much the best we could. And I hope that we did it to a level that made everyone listening happy. If not, like, again, come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, these situations are hard, right? And you want to absolutely like, I, I feel like it's like, there's such a commitment to trying to say things the right way that, you know, sometimes people may over correct and say something that, you know, doesn't come off the right way. And and like Ian said, you know, I, I feel like we explained this and vocalized it like the best we could. And like if you disagree, like send either of us a DM. Like we'll mm-hmm. we're totally happy to talk it out. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing, right? So I, I think when you look at the shark summer, it was all good. And then this happened and then it kind of hurt it. Um, yeah. But this, this dark cloud aside, I think overall, like as far as the moves go, and I don't know how I bounce back to this, but I feel like, I don't know, to wrap up the podcast, I feel like overall, I like Evander Kane aside, because obviously that's awful and it puts a, huge dark cloud and everything but i look at like what doug wilson did and for a guy who i've criticized a million times for saying a lot of words but never actually saying anything (laughs) (laughs) you know he he came out you know he he did exactly what he said he was going to do and i feel like as a sharks fan it's really hard to be angry right now evander kane aside any final thoughts jerk no, I, I I think you put that very well. Um, geez, yeah, I feel like a lot of really good things happened, and then this one dark, just shitty thing happened. You know, and uh, it's I I agree with you. I've you know I'm and you know what fully on the record I'm I'm officially you know I'm pulling the cord I'm getting off the redemption tour bus or I'm already off of it so you know it's you know I've taken my my bus ticket I threw it away um it is I don't know um final thoughts Steve wants to know if Eklund has a chance to make the team year 1 I mean technically anybody has a chance to but um uh, he's already committed to go back to Deer Garden um, in the Swedish Hockey League. So that, um, he obviously won't be in San Jose at least this season, which I, I, I think is okay. I mean, they don't really have a spot unless they want to like shoehorn, shoehorn him into the lineup. Um, so I think it's okay to let him go to the Swedish, Swedish Elite League and, you know, as a 19-year-old, just <laughs> run, you know, rough shop over there um so i'm all for that final thoughts where the people can find you uh you can follow me at hockey underscore jerk um it's been so quiet with the hockey um 
So there's not a lot of activity going on on Twitter, but when there is activity, um, you can bet that we will be there to talk about it. Yeah, I, I'm going to just... Bosasaurus is going to ask for one more question in the chat, uh, and then I, I am looking forward to seeing Eklund at DevCamp for sure. Um, is Kane the first instance of cancel culture in the NHL? I don't think this is cancel culture. This is consequence culture, right? I know, and I know that's what I know. That's like that's like the the thing you always say to like, you know, that's like the the common retort to the the cancel culture thing. But in this case, like it's it's like how do you I like again? This is a player. And I can't believe we're going back down this hole. This is a player that I have spoken glowingly about, defended, you know, given a chance to. I just, my, my cuppeth runneth over. Yep. My cuppeth runneth over. And yeah, maybe, you know, again, I'm just saying this is, this is, actions have consequences. You can find me at Ian Blogs Hockey on the Twitter machine. Uh, And again, I you can always come and bug me on the Twitters. I'm happy to converse always. So if you have any issues with anything I said tonight, come talk to me. I'm sure we'll get it all squared up. Uh, I really appreciate all you guys coming out tonight and watching the show, the super chat donations uh, again, super touching the things it was. And again, it's not even the money that, I mean, the money's nice, but like the things that were said with the uh, super chat donations, I can't express much how great that made me feel. Um, Again, um, again. So I appreciate everyone being here. Uh, do all the awesome social media stuff. If this is your first time here, leave us a comment. Hit the thumbs up button. Ring the bell. All the important stuff that you're supposed to tell your YouTube people to do. Do those things if you haven't done them already. Uh, and we will be back uh, probably in a couple weeks. And we will start looking at the other teams in the Pacific Division and try and you know, again, we now we know our team. It's time to know our enemy. So, uh, looking, I'm looking forward to doing that. I don't know what team we're going to start with. Um, maybe we'll do it alphabetically. Maybe not. We'll see. But uh, I hope to see you all here when we do that. Once again, thank you again to everyone who watched, everyone who's listening uh, on your favorite podcatcher. But again, and that's it. That's all. We are done. Have a good night, everybody.